Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message from our special guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. Father, we love you. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Father, thank you for making us the example to be just like you. Father, we're not of this world. We've been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. We've been touched by your wonderful son, Jesus. Let us do the work that you have called us to do. Let us be the church. Let us rise up. Let us speak life. Let us be bold. Let us never be ashamed of the good news. It is the good news that changes us. It is not us that changes us. It is the good news that changes. A life that's lost, a life that's missing something, a life that's broken, only Jesus can heal that life. Somebody's walked in here today with a heavy heart. Somebody has walked in here with troubles. But we know the great one that you are. You can relieve them from their troubles. And we thank you for it right now because we know you're about to do a great work. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Have your way. Do only what you can do. Touch those. Convict those. Make those who don't believe that they will see through a man that has been transformed because of what Jesus has done on the cross that will transform their life and reach them right where they are. Father, we bless you, we glorify you, we honor you, praise you, and we give you glory. We send this petition up to you right now, and we claim it, and we ask that you would seal it over your people here today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, thank you, Pastor, you know, for really having me. I know I'm really high maintenance, you know, and you and your wife, I mean, you you take me to a steakhouse last night to eat dinner, so, you know, thank you guys. What a blessing. And your wife gave me a gift, and I opened it up last night when I get back, and, and there it is. It's cologne. So she was telling me, well, maybe I didn't smell well. <laughs> they tried. You tried. And I, I, I love, I just love a, a thriving place. I love a church that's thriving, and I, and I thank God for you guys and, and, and who you are. And, and that you stand for the gospel because so many are not standing for the gospel today. So many are standing for platforms and to be known and recogni- recognition and, and look at us and what we have, but nobody's getting well. You know, this is a church that's thriving, that's full of the Holy Ghost, that's full of the Spirit of God. And, you know, if, if, if you don't know about it and you just come, and, uh, you need to come more. Because <laughs> if you do, one day God's going to touch you and your life will be changed forever. See, if you're not in a church where you can be touched, you're in a church where you can't be convicted, because, see, we all need to be convicted. See, if you're not in a church where you can't be convicted, then you're in the wrong place, you know? You're just sitting, and you're not growing, and you're not getting anywhere, because you can't get anywhere, because let me tell you, the enemy's real, and he don't let you get anywhere. 
you know, that he has power, you know, to, to keep you stuck. He keep you stuck on stupid. So uh, I'm just here to share that with you today. Some of these of my thoughts, you know, it's not coming from me. It's coming from the revelation that's down inside of me. It's the great one that lives inside of me. It's Christ himself. I never stand in the pulpit and make it about me. It's not about home runs. It's not about trophies. It's about Jesus. You know, when you get Jesus on the throne, when Jesus is on the throne of your life, there's nothing else. There's nothing greater than Jesus being on your, the throne Amen. of your life. Michael, thank you. Thank you for, for having me, brother. Good to see you again. A good brother in the Lord. Appreciate you and your family. And, and my brother Shep, Ron Shepard. Stand up, man. Another ball player. That's my brother. No, stay standing up, brother. Stay standing up. Now, this is my brother. We grew up playing ball together. He was with the Toronto Blue Jays, and I was in the Mets organization, and we grew up playing ball together, and our dreams were to get to the major leagues, and we got there, but we were not who we were supposed to be, you know, and now, you know, God has called us, and we are men of faith, men of ministry, you know, and yeah. so, amen, amen, so, I love you, brother, yeah, I mean, you just, you never know the roads that you take, and you see people, and, and we all uh, have a dream to get somewhere in, in life, and all of us do have dreams to get somewhere in life. It, it's just a matter of, do I have the right dream? You know, do I have, it's not about, see, I was, I was, I was wrong, you know, who I was, but at the, the beginning of it, I thought I was right. The reality of it, I thought I was right, you know, because I always wanted to do something great and wanted to do something great for my mother and take care of her because she was a woman of faith. And she raised five of us by herself. But see, mama raised me right. I made the choice to be a heathen because mama didn't raise me as a heathen. She raised me with principles. I just didn't want to follow the principles because, see, I was broken before I ever put the uniform on. See, the brokenness is real. See, lawlessness brings about brokenness. A generation of lawlessness living brings about brokenness. And who suffers? Your kids. Because it's real. You know, if we never change who we are, we never change the lifestyle of who we are, and we continue to be worldly lifestyle and believe the worldly lifestyle instead of the biblical principles. See, Mama was living the biblical principles. principles. That's why I'm standing here today. Because, you see, it's nothing great about me. It's because of her prayers over me. You know, because I was a sinner saved by grace, just like all the rest of us. When you understand that you're a sinner and you're saved by grace, and then when you understand grace, grace is something you don't deserve, but you get it anyway. See, when you understand grace, then you understand who Jesus is. You understand the symbol of the cross. You understand him hanging on the cross, and you understand that symbol, and when he shed it, that blood, and that blood of his is holy. See, that blood of his is not like your blood and my blood. It's the same color, but his is sinless. So it's holy and righteous, and when it comes into your life, it changes you forever. See, I wasn't always like this. See, you saw me playing baseball. I was winning championships, trophies, and millions of dollars. I had it all, but I had nothing. Living behind community gates, I had it all, but I had nothing. I just had a bunch of stuff. See, the devil forgot to tell me the part that, by the way, at the end of my life, he forgot to tell me, I'm going to kill you. 
See, he don't tell you that part. And, you know, he lets you have it all, right, Shep? He lets you have it all, let you see it all, have it all. You think you got it all together, and, and, and there you go. Ending up falling by the wayside. Because you don't know who God is. That life is empty. It leaves you empty. My father was an alcoholic. He beat me. Said I'd never amount to nothing. Came home for the last time. Pulled out a shotgun when I was 14. Said he was going to kill the whole family. Hallelujah. Had it not been for my mother getting us out of the house, we would have killed my father that night, me and my brothers. See, it was supposed to have been a tragedy in my life before I ever put the uniform on. I was already broken. See, the uniform don't cover, don't, the uniform don't cover up what's going on on the inside. The uniform of who we are just make us look good on the outside, but the real problem is in the inside. Do I ever deal with the inside of who I am? The reality is if I never deal with the inside of who I am, I can never know who I am if I don't deal with it. And see, I didn't deal with it for a long time, so guess what? I ended up a womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, sinner, rich, famous, saved by grace. Saved by grace. See? I think a lot of times people look at, you know, what we have and think, you know, you should have it all together because you, you, you play Major League Baseball and, and, you, and you live behind community gates and you should have it all together. Well, let me tell you, rich folks are crazy. <laughs> they make you believe they have it all together because they got money. You know, because I could buy a lawyer, I could, buy, I, I could pay for my lawyer, and I could pay for this, and I could pay for that when you get in trouble. But still, uh, underneath, underneath, you're still not healed. You're still not well, because, see, nobody else can heal you and make you well but Jesus himself. See, he's the, only, he's the healer of all things. And, see, my life is no different than anybody else's life is. Mine was just public, you know, in the public eyes. And everybody was looking and saying and looking and saying and laughing and saying, look at him. He's a drug addict. He's this and that. And, yeah. And that's where I was. I ended up in a pit, but guess what? God found me in a pit and put me in the pulpit. See, never, never laugh, never, ever, ever laugh at anyone. Because you don't know what God's going to do in their life. Because guess what? You don't have the last say. See, the society of, that we live in make us believe that, you know, pointing fingers at people, we forgot three fingers were pointing right back at us. So don't ever point your finger at someone. If you are a Christian and you believe what the Bible says, you just pray. See, because prayer is the answer to all supplication. See, my mother prayed for me when I was a heathen and I was lost and I found a journal under her bed. She was praying for me and my brothers and sisters and she was saying, God, save all my kids. I don't care about his success. I don't care about the trophies. I don't care about the money. Save me. She went home to be with the Lord and she didn't see me in the natural, but she's watching me in the supernatural. Because see, mama had told me that God was going to get it out of me. Oh, I thought I just needed to open up with some of that just to share my testimony. If you don't know it, you can just go Google it and see. <laughs> but ever since I've been walking with the Lord, 17 years, my life has never been the same. Ever since I've been walking with the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? Not running, it's walking. Because we got to learn how to walk. 
you got to start all over again. See, because what happens to so many of us, pastors, is we never pass the test. It's not until you pass the test. See, God's got this test sitting up there for all of us to pass. And it's not, you don't pass the test by yourself. You pass the test when you make a commitment to Christ and give him your heart. See, so many of us, when, I, love when, I love when people talk about tithing and preaching and, and, and speaking about that and people get cold clothes, yeah. you know. It's because what you don't understand is God doesn't need you. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need anything. Because he's got everything and he can make every decision. He just want to see if your heart's going to be open enough and you're going to be willing enough to do it. See, that's the problem with so many Christians. When they be thinking, well, I'm not giving my money to that man. You ain't giving it to man. You're giving it to God. See, because he doesn't need it. He's going to always find somebody to do his work. He's going to always find somebody. He's going to equip someone. See, I was never qualified to do this. I, I didn't want to do it. God kept pushing me and saying, you're going to preach. I said, you got the wrong guy. He goes, no, I got the right guy. I goes, no, you got the wrong guy. I says, I'm not qualified. He said, no one is qualified. I qualify the call. Amen. And see, your call, can't, your call can't get qualified unless you do the work. Unless you do the work. I'm talking about the, the work of this. Heaven and earth going to pass away, but not my word. You're going to pass away. I'm going to pass away, but this word is not going to pass away. God is going to always bring somebody to bring his word. Somebody that's willing to step in and say yes. Somebody that's willing to give up his ego. A man is willing to give up his ego, which is a three-letter word, easing God out. When you give up your ego, God will use you mightily for his kingdom. Had I not gave up my ego and humbled myself, I'm so glad Moses was like a man that couldn't speak, had a speech impediment, but he humbled himself and God used him mightily to lead the Israelites, part the Red Sea. Two million of them rose through the Red Sea and the Israelites still didn't believe and they could have been in the promised land 11 days, but they complained so much, God sent them in the wilderness for another 30 years. See, one thing I do know about God, he'll leave you right where you're at. Had I not said yes, he would have left me right where I was at because I wasn't willing. Are you willing? Are you willing to be serious about who you are in Christ? This is not a game. I mean, you know, it's not a game to play. So many folks play the game of church and who they are because of Things happen, and that's my sermon today is about. When things happen, oh, hallelujah. When things happen, because they're going to happen, baby. I'm here to tell you, everybody's going to go through something. What are you going to do when things happen? Who do you lean on? Who do you trust when things happen? I'm talking, well, when things happen, real things. I'm talking about financial problems, sickness, storms, marriage problems, kid problems, uh, pandemic when things happen, racial issues, when things happen, we are in it. We are in it. This is my second time out to preach. I usually travel about 250 times a year. Was sitting for six months. I was like, God? I was like, I'm not preaching no more. He said, what? It's like, who you think you are? I said, I don't want to do it no more. The society we live in is sick. He goes, it's not about you. Yes. It's about my kingdom. Yes. 
That's about the people. You don't preach anyway. The Holy Spirit preached through you. See, we can't get beside ourselves because we think it's us. And when things happen, financial problems. We've all been through it. At some point, sometime in our life, and you will go through it. I did, because when I started this journey 17 years ago, I was $3 million in debt and didn't have a driver's license. I was like, God, God's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> How do you get out $3 million in debt? Well, my wife said, well, first of all, you're going to have to grow up. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, you're going to have to take responsibility for your action. See, you can pick your sins, but you can't pick your consequences. You can pick them all day, but there's the consequences behind them that you can't pick because they're coming. That's the real reality of it. So what are you going to do when things happen? What are you going to do? Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to turn to? Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the news? Are you going to believe what other people are saying? Are you going to just ride with the crowd? Are you going to pick up this Bible and learn it for yourself? Because it's in this book. It's in this book. It's always been in this book. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. But not my word, not my word, not my word. Heaven and earth going to pass away, but not my word, not my word. My word is never going to pass away. And I can take my word and I can download it inside somebody that's willing to be a vessel, that's willing not to be about themselves, but be about my business. See, I'm about my father's business. I didn't come here to talk about me. I didn't come here to talk about my baseball career. I came here to talk about my father who's on the throne, who's sitting and waiting to save somebody else and use somebody else so you can glorify him and so you can win souls. At the end of the day, our life is about winning souls. We've gotten away from winning souls, and we're in a place where we're we're concerned about feeling good when things happen, because there's storms, sickness coming, financial sickness coming, storms are coming. You're either in a storm or a storm on the way, or you're coming out of a storm. Who are you going to trust when facing storms in our life? Who do we trust? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, him, and he shall direct your paths. He's got a plan already laid out for you that's far greater than you can ever imagine. It's so incredible. All you got to do is trust him. See, that's the hard part of who we are is trusting God. See, I know I'm not qualified to do this, but see, I started trusting the Lord. And I started laying with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit started teaching me scriptures and saying, you want to learn them? I said, yes. And he, I said, retain them for me. I said, don't. He said, I'm not going to put them in your knucklehead. I'm going to put them down in your spirit. Because <laughs> I started trusting and I saturated myself in the Word of God. And you can, too, saturate yourself in the Word of God. You're no different than I am. I just played baseball for 17 years and lived a lie. Lived a lie. That's all it was. God used the platform for his message. See, God always got a plan. It's a matter of when we decide to enter in to the plan. The plan is far greater than anything else. You know, and it's far greater than the troubles that we're looking at in the society we're looking at today and everything that we're dealing with. It's, his plan is still far greater. His plan will never change. His plan is his plan. All we got to do is activate ourselves, and all we got to do is speak 
about the kingdom of God. All we got to do, see, don't look at the earthly things. Speak about the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God is righteous. Then all these things will be added into you. Then all these things will be added to you. Seek ye first, 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 first the kingdom. The kingdoms, the kingdom. Don't you know what God will let you hear from his kingdom? Don't you know the sound that comes out of his kingdom is not the same sound that we're hearing when you're watching the news? His sound is so, so, so beautiful. I'm like, God, you let an old broken me hear from your kingdom. See, because you know what comes from his kingdom? Holiness and righteousness, not foolishness. You know, we get consumed with the foolishness of the talk of every day, but the holiness and righteousness that comes from his kingdom allows us to be able to do great things and win others to the kingdom. Because at the end of the day, it's about winning souls. See, because if you don't get that soul, the devil's going to snatch that soul. See, the devil, devil won't company. He ain't no joke. He won't company. Hell is hot. Folks don't like to preach about hell, but it's hot down there. Because I was in hell when I was living from an earthly standpoint. But I'm no longer living in that domain anymore. I'm living in a whole different arena because I've accepted the, I accepted the call of God upon my life. Just like all of us have a call of God on our life. But it, will you hide out with God for yourself? Will you taste and see that the Lord is good? Will you do it for yourself? Should somebody else, don't, nobody should be able to force you. You should come to that place to be able to taste and see and know that God is good. See, don't, 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 oh, oh hallelujah. Don't nothing taste like Jesus. See, 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 Jesus is rich. You know, he's rich. He's full. You know, there, there's no sin in him. He's holy. He's righteous. And when he comes into you, he redeems you and he brings revelation and he, he liberates you and he brings you to wholeness and righteousness even when things happen. Even when things happen, he brings so much far greater than you can ever imagine. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. Woo! Lean not on your own understanding. See, too many of us lean on our own understanding and we don't lean on the everlasting one. The great one, who is Jesus? He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. I was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. By his stripes, you get to be healed. You get to live an abundant life. You don't even know what the abundant life is, but you get to live it. He talks about it in John 10, 10, when he says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Abundant life is not money. and success. It's peace, joy, wisdom, knowledge, Faith, you operate in different capacity when you understand that. It's far greater than you can ever imagine. They say the news is here. I hope they play this on the news. Because we need some folks saved out there. We need to... We need to start getting down with God business, not this worldly stuff and being consumed about it. 
and Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, we, we, we need to be transformed. You know, too many of us are consumed with what we see and what we hear. They go, well, I want folks to like me. Guess what? They, they get over it. They're just not going to like you anyway. See, they talked about me when I was a heathen. They talked about me when I was rich and famous. Now they're talking about me because I love Jesus. Yeah. Just get over it. They're going to talk about you anyway. But you'd rather be on this side here. Because this side, this, this side is good. This side is good. You know, um, um, coming to church, just don't come once every, every month and think something's going to change. Nothing's changing. You come once every month. But if you come every Sunday... And you join groups, and you get in, you dive into the Word, God's got something for you. He's got something great for you. People are people like, well, how, how, how you, you like this? See, all my friends, you know, when, when I said I was following Jesus, Shep, <laughs> all the baseball players, they were like, yeah, let's see how long this is going to last. <laughs> yeah, because they knew I was a heathen, king, leader of it, you know, because... My name was Daryl Strawberry, and I played Major League Baseball. Little did I know, I was a fool and had a bunch of fools following me. <laughs> See, because when you're not foolish and you're doing something different, totally different, that's completely way outside of the box of what foolishness is, they don't follow you. And it's a good thing that they don't follow you. They follow you from a distance and look at you because, you know, they were like, well, let's see how long he'll be, he'll be preaching, you know, because you know, we've heard something like this before. But they're still waiting, you know. And some of them are just completely amazed that, you know, I, that I, I've never returned back. Because there's nothing back there. When things happen, pandemic, when things happen, what we're living in today, there's still nothing back there. Why is, folks living, why is folk keep looking back there? Why do you keep looking behind you? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, anyone in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, I could never walk into the new if I'm still looking at the old. See, if I'm still looking at the, if I'm still looking at the old of me in a baseball uniform, oh, hallelujah, I could never be doing what I'm doing today. Because, see, I'm still dreaming about where I could have, should have been. I, oh, you could have been in the Hall of Faith. Man, I'm in the Hall of Faith. Amen. I'm operating in a whole different place. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a whole different place. I'm talking about a whole different arena. I'm talking about an arena where they, they, they will talk about your legacy. See, because, see, my mother, my mother left a legacy with me that Jesus is Lord. See, we got to get back to leading that legacy with our kids and setting an example at the table that Jesus is Lord. There is no other Lord. There is no Instagram and, and social media and Twitter. All that doesn't rule and reign. Jesus rule and reign over my life. Amen. See, my kids, people see my kids, in there, and my kids have been blessed. They never had to go down some roads. I've been down because I shared, shared to my kids who I was, a heathen, an alcoholic. I wasn't a good dad. I was, a, you know, I, I cheated on your mom and everything, and I, and I regret all the things that I did. And I went back to the wives, and, and I, I made amends to them, told them I was sorry, you know. See, when God really changed you, when God really changed you, it's not about you. That's when you know you've been changed. You can go back and make amends to people that you hurt and done wrong. 
See, because when God touch you, hallelujah, it's over. <laughs> it's over when God touch you. You know, there's no more joke. There's no more playing around. There's no more foolishness. There's, there's no more I'm this. There's no more I'm that. It's, 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 it's that you come to a place and, and you learn to walk in humility. Oh, God, if you can, if some of you can ever get to that place of humility. Moses. Moses was so amazing when you read about him. God used Moses because of his meekness and his humility. Oh, oh no, God, you can't. I'm not the one. I'm not the one you want. God says, you're exactly the one I want. Because the one that has that ego and that pride and that self-centered, he know it all, I can't use him. Because I can't pour my spirit in him because he's not ready to, to receive it. So you have to be ready to receive God's spirit. And so many of us are never ready to receive God's spirit and his plan and purpose for our life. And why is that? Oh, because we're not qualified. Don't worry about it. I'm definitely not qualified to preach. But the great one that lives inside of me is qualified. See, when you accept the great one, when you accept the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Trinity, the three in one, supernatural, they operate for you. And you don't have to operate for yourself because you're not called to operate for yourself. He's not calling you for, his, for yourself. He's calling you for his kingdom. He's calling you to serve. He's calling you to lay on your face. Well, how did you get this way? I, I came to the altar because I was a filthy sinner and I committed myself over and over and laid on my face and just cried. And then when I got home, I went into my little closet and laid in there, and I just cried and told him I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Forgive me. Because, see, when we think we all that and too prideful, we can't get free. See, we get free when we, we get free when we get real. When we're ready to get real, ready to be real about who we are and who we should become. Because God has the perfect plan of bringing us to who we should become. So what are you saying? I'm saying faith. Learning to operate in faith. See, so many of us have come to the place where we've been handcuffed now and we're operating in fear. Well, I don't know if things are going to work out. I don't know. Well, Romans 8, 28, and we know, and we know, all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord to those called according to his purpose. What purpose are you called to? So when are you going to start kicking the doors down to the devil? Bam! Amen. Telling him, get out of here. When are you going to start using the authority that you have? See, 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 the problem with us as believers and non-believers, we don't really know the authority that we really have. The authority that we have is far greater than you can ever imagine when you learn to operate in it. When you learn to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. When you learn to operate in faith. What is faith? Faith is believing when I can't even see it. I see, I, I, I know it works. I don't even have to see it. Because I know what God did for me. I know God got me out of $3 million debt. 
<laughs> Nobody can tell me he ain't God. <laughs> but it was never about having things. It was about having faith. It was about operating in, 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 a, in a faith place in our, in our life, you know. Because if, if I'm consumed with the television, guess what? I will be stuck on stupid. If I'm consumed with what they're talking about on social media, I'll be stuck. And people say, well, you're just so bold. All you do is talk about Jesus. What else is it? What else is it? I've had everything else that don't work. I had money, I had home, I had cars. Guess what? None of it worked. None of it saved my soul. Wanted to drive the car off the cliff. Didn't matter what kind of car it was, Mercedes, whatever it was. Well, it's, a car is a car. It's going to get me to the same place. The house is a house. It's going to do the same thing. All I'm going to do is sleep in it and eat in it. So the real reality is what's, what's really important is my faith. If I understand what faith is, Romans 10, 17, so then faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. Oh, my God, I wish some of you can get this today because this book here, uh, all you got to do is eat it. Yeah, there's other books, and they're there to read, but it's not like this one. This one here bring life. This one here, this book here is the blueprint of who you are. Because this book is going to show you who you are. In all your ways, there's no secrets of God. All your ways is going to show you who you are. Right? Some of us, do we understand that? It's going to show you who you are. Faith. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. See, that's when you learn how to believe. That's when you learn how to trust God. When I didn't have nothing, me and Tracy, when we started this journey, we had nothing. Debt, debt, debt. God cleaned our debt up because we started walking in faith. See, God, there's not a problem that God cannot clean up. We try to fix it ourselves instead of moving on and doing God's work. See, that's the problem with us because we have no faith. We don't believe what the Bible says because we don't know it. And it's not until you know the Bible Oh, my, my wife, she could preach. <laughs> Whew. I ain't even close to her. She got a gift that's unbelievable from God. Because she sat 12 years with God, getting up every morning at 5 o'clock, and she still do to this day, 5 a.m. every morning to go study and be with God. Whoo. I was like, Lord, why Tracy have that gift? He said, you know why she has the gift? Because she spends time with me. 
that's when I went into action and started spending the time by myself, late at night when she go to sleep. We go to bed at 8.30. <laughs> and there I was, spending time in the other room with God himself. And it's amazing what comes when you spend time with God. It is really amazing. Some of you today are challenging you to take the next step because you don't understand faith. You don't understand when things happen. You know, you're just living and thinking, oh, well, you know, I just hope, I just hope it gets better one day. It's not going to get better. We are looking at the end times. Signs are all over the place. Where are you? with your walk? Where are you with your faith? Where are you understanding who you are in Christ? Why so many of us have the wrong identity and we don't know who we are? I'm not a baseball player. Me and Chef played baseball. Yeah, we had fun. Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. I don't even like baseball anymore. God changed me so much. When God gets a hold of you, he'll change you so much. There'll be so many things you don't like. You turn off the television and you turn off that cell phone and you spend time in the word of God and you get the revelation of who you are so you can do what God's called you to do. Don't miss it. Pursue God while you still have time. So many of us don't understand. We all have, Billy Graham said it. I made a quote on it. We all have the same disease. Sin, sin, sin. But there's one that conquered sin, conquered death, conquered everything that could kill us. He's already killed it for you. All you have to do is step in, operate, and believe, and, and, and walk and walk in faith, in the faith of who you are. Believe and understand so he could teach you greater things. It's so much more faith means to give up, surrender, or commit. What are you talking about? God don't need you. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. When I, when I really, really started understanding that God didn't need me, I needed him. Now I got set on fire because I know he didn't need me. I needed him. See, when you know that you need him, he sets you on fire. Because some of us think, he needs us. You know, he needs me to do this. No, he don't need you to do that. He'll get somebody else to do it. Somebody else will say, yes, I'll do it. Yes, yes, I'll do it. Some of us won't. Some of us will walk out of here and we still be the same. Wonder why, why, why I'm never having victory. I used to be like that, Shep, Mike. I used to be like that too. Well, I'm going to church. Why I don't have a victory? Because I didn't know Jesus. I knew his name. Yeah, he hung on the cross at Calvary. Shed his blood. Went to the tomb. Early Sunday morning, he got up, and he got up with all power because he was res resurrected. See, when you die, when your flesh, you die, you could be resurrected just like Christ. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me, grew and reigned because I've been resurrected. So you could be resurrected. Oh, don't you want to be resurrected? It's, it's, so, it's so far greater when you're resurrected. Because see, when you when you resurrected, you go to places that and do things like this church. That's what I love about them. I went to dinner with him last night in the inner city work. Uh, his wife was telling me about what they do. And they bring the kids in. They bust the kids in from the inner city and stuff like that. See, that's kingdom work. Amen. See, that's kingdom work. See, that's kingdom work. You know, here it is. Here it is. White pastors, white church, you know, and they go to inner cities and pick up black kids and they bring them in and they bring them to the church and they treat them to everything. See, that's kingdom work. 
See, we've gotten away from that. So many people are afraid to go do kingdom work. They're more concerned about what's happening on, with the earthly things and what's going on. That ain't my problem, what's going on. I know what this Bible tells me, that I'm going to live if I keep doing the work that God's called me to do. Got to take the blinders off and you got to get outside of yourself. And some of you got to get to a place. Men got to get to a place where they start participating in kingdom work. They so more consumed about earthly things. And, oh, well, I'm a fan of football and a fan of this baseball and the game's coming on. Guess so what? Somebody going to win, somebody going to lose. So what? You missing out on what God has for you. You're so busy and consumed about everything else instead of who you are in Christ. That's the problem. That's what we're dealing with. That's why the society's like it is. See, because the men take their rightful place in, in the church and, and become what they're supposed to be become in the church, then God will start moving things. But see, we're so prideful. I don't want to do that because it's uncomfortable. See, God loves the one that goes and do things that they're not used to doing. See I, see, I ended up in a Florida State prison with a T17169 with addiction, you know, smoking crack and shooting dope, and, and I've been clean for over like 17 years, but, and, but what I'm trying to tell you, and I ended up, I ended up in, in, in prison, you know, in Florida, you know, the great Daryl Strawberry. See, what people don't understand, God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. They were laughing, but God says, I got a plan. See, I had cancer twice and lost my left kidney in my second surgery. So if you don't understand miracles, God is a miracle maker. You know, he, he, he makes a miracle out of your mess. See, if somebody tell you they never had problems, you better run because they're lying. <laughs> run as fast as you can. Because they say, oh, wow, I would never be like that, but you're still a sinner. For the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. For the wages. See, being a sinner and recognizing that you're a sinner and you need a Savior... Now you come to the place of accepting something far greater than yourself. But see, if you can never get to that place and accept that, you'll stay in that same place because the enemy will keep you in that same place. And he'll never let you fulfill the promises over your life. See, I'm glad I went through. I didn't know why I was going through at the time. But I'm glad I went through what I went through. Because it brought me to a far greater place in understanding and the calling of my life was far greater than baseball or anything I ever achieved on the baseball field. Because you can't, you can't get a higher calling than preaching the gospel and winning souls. And see, I remember when God called me and he says, I need, to, I need you to understand this clearly. I need you to understand this clearly. You've played around with a lot of things, but don't play around with my pulpit. He said, because people's lives are on the line. And this is not a game. I didn't come here to play a game. I didn't come here to be popular. I come here to say, thus said the Lord. Not me. 
But thus said the Lord that some of you here today need a transformation. Some of you need to make a new commitment. You've been straddling that fence, living a lie, playing with the enemy. See, Jesus told you in John 10.10, he said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to destroy you if you don't get it right with God. We all fall. The Bible says, didn't say some of us would fall short. It said we all would fall short. Remember last, remember all of us would fall short of the glory of who God is. But it's us that come to that place with God and say, God, help me. Help me, God. No one else can help you but Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. 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 Yes. Let us rejoice. Some of you today, you need to walk away from some situations. You know you're not living right. This is the day. They say, God, help me. I don't want to live like this. You don't have to live like it. He's already done it for you. You don't have to compromise. You're not married to her? Marry her. If not, get on your way. If you compromising with him, stop compromising with him and sleeping with him. Oh, I just said it like it is. Because we don't, see, the problem is that we want to sugarcoat this, you know, and this is not about sugarcoat. This is not about getting victory. This is about getting victory with God. It's not about man. It's not about satisfying my soul. See, your soul going to end up burning up in hell, you know, when you going out there and just going and living just because I just want to live. That's not no way to live. I remember me and Tracy. Now, Tracy was like, man, I'm not living like this. We wasn't married. And she says, I'm going to follow Jesus. She said, I don't know what you're going to do, but she says, I'm not having sex with you no more. I said, what? (laughs) But you know what? She took a stand. She took a stand for God. And I went on my way, didn't know if I was going to be back. Six months later, God sends me back. After I get myself together, we stopped everything. And God sent me back to marry her. And we got on the right road with God. And our life has never been the same. Some of you today, some of you today, as we, as we close down, oh, hallelujah. Oh, don't you just love him? Oh, my God, he's so good. Oh, I wish I could give to you what's inside of me. It is so, so good. It is so rich. It's better than anything I've ever had. It's, it, it's worth more than money or fame 
our, our stuff. It, it is just so good. Why? Because, oh, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. There's nobody like him. You're looking for something else, and you're worshiping some other God, and, and, and you're still in the same place. You don't, you don't have a revelation and victory because you don't know Jesus. Today is the day to repent. Ask God to forgive you. He's good. He's good. He's good. There's nobody like him. Nobody like him. Nobody else is going to be able to forgive you but God himself. And today, God wants to forgive you. Repent. Repent from those ways. Repent for that mouth you have. Repent for not living right. Oh, my God. Will he save you? Will he restore you? You know what he does? Come on, as he start playing, as he start playing. You know what he does? This is what it is. The tomb is empty. He's alive and well. Jesus is here to rescue you from your sinful ways. He's here to redeem you by his blood, and he's here to restore you with his grace. So, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness, in your weakness. Some of you that are weak today need to come to the altar because I want to pray for you. Meet me at the altar. Meet me at the altar. Meet me at the altar. If that's you, that's you. If that's you, if that's you, come down to the altar. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, come on. You're weak. Don't worry about it. Come, 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 come. He loves you. Come, come. Right now, come. Yes. Victory. There's victory. There's victory in this. There's victory in this. God is good. God is good. Come. I got time upstairs. I'll wait for you. Come down. Come down. Come down. Come, we're not going to let the enemy win anymore. Come on now. Come down. Come. Yes. I'll wait for you. Let's go. There's more. There's more. Come. Some of you. Don't hold on to that seat. The devil nor, darn near killed me holding on to that seat. Doesn't matter what anybody think. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan. You need to know that. It's more right where you're at. God's got a plan. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss out on what God has for you because your pride and your ego will keep you stuck. You'll never beat nobody else like Jesus. Never. I've met a lot of people, but I've never met nobody like Jesus. And when you meet this man named Jesus and you commit yourself to him, He restores you. He doesn't condemn you. People, we point at each other. So many of us still here, still waiting. As they start playing, if that's you, I want to wait on you because the devil is real and he deceives you. And he keeps you from getting your blessings from God. God has so much for you. You're worth so much. I don't care what nobody has said to you, what nobody has done to you, God will fix it for you. I am a living witness. I should be dead. I am preaching the gospel, not qualified, because guess who fixed it for me? Jesus. And you don't get well until you make the commitment, you make the step, you make the push. And you don't worry about what other people have to say. 
It doesn't matter what they think. There's some more people in here that needs to forgive somebody. If that's you, come to the altar. You know you need to forgive somebody. It's time to release them. My father rejected me, beat me. God sent me to the hospital and made me repent to my father for keeping him out of my life. And I lost it, laid in his lap, and I asked him to forgive me. And God used me to lead him to the Lord. So some of you that, some of you here, some of you here today need to release somebody and for, you need to release them. That's you. Come to the altar. Because see, I know the devil holds people hostage and keep them stuck. He don't want you to have the victory. Some of you thinking about walking away from your marriage. Don't walk away from that marriage. There's nothing on the other side. The devil's a liar. He's trying to get you to believe, well, this marriage is not working. No, what's not working, you're not working right with God. That's why that marriage is like that. See, the devil got a whole plan set up to destroy us. Come on down, you people. Come on. Whoever, if you're coming. Yeah. Let's make this sacred. This is sacred right here. This is, this is the move of God. This is when God does his great work. Man, I love people. I love souls. You're not a mistake. None of you. Don't ever think you are. You're not a mistake. None of you. Oh, we've made a bunch of mistakes. That's all it is. But we're not mistakes. This is it right here. This is what the moment is all about. Not about how a man preach. It's about salvation. See, all of you today and those that's probably still sitting, there becomes a great celebration over your life in the kingdom. This is no game. This is God's business here. There's a great celebration in heaven for you. Some of you that's missing the celebration of who you are and think you still have it together and you know you don't, I wish you make your way down here or in the church where God can just touch your heart and he can set you free. Because this is where it happens. We're one big family. Because I started on that side too. We all started on that side of making a commitment. God, I'm sorry. God, I don't want to live like this. Help me. Help me understand who I am. You created me. A couple more minutes, I'll be closing. Because the book of John is about believing. And Nicodemus in John 3, unless one is born again, can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. There's no secrets of God. John 4, the woman at the well. Jesus told her about her five husbands. said, the one you're living with now is not your husband. Jesus knows everything about you. Ah. Everything. There's nothing that he don't know about all of us. John 5, the pool of Bethesda. Man had a condition 38 years. 
Jesus never asked a man about his condition because, see, one thing you guys don't need, Jesus don't even know, need to know about your condition because he already knows it. He just asked that man one thing. He says, do you want to be made well? John 8, I talked about woman caught in adultery. They wanted to stone her because of the law. Jesus didn't come here to destroy the law. He came here to fulfill the law. And they wanted to stone the woman. They were pointing at her. The Pharisees and the scribes were pointing at her. And he said, he who without sin cast the first stone. From the youngest to the oldest dropped their stones and walked away because they all had fallen short. So we all have fallen short. So you coming today, your falling short is no different than my falling short than everybody. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. It's the right time, right situation. And God's got something amazing for you right now. He's got the victory on the other side of it. He's got the victory on the other side of it. He's got the victory on the other side of it. He's got the victory on the other side of this. He's got the victory, victory on the other side of this. Hands up. Everybody else stretch your hands at those are here. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Lord, show me how to live a new life with you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love over my life. Take everything. Take everything. Right now, and I claim Jesus as Lord over my life. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Hey, hold up. Don't leave. All of you, right? All of you, right there. Right there. Head this way. We're gonna head this way. Follow. Randy, with the hand up. See him, hand up. Everyone, follow him that way. He has something for you. Randy, show it. Give him your hand. Believe me, go right to the room for them. Eric, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, God bless you. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Let me, let me pray real quick. Stretch your hands out. Father, we love you. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you as we gather together, Father, this day. Lives have been changed. Hearts have been changed. Father, we pray that you will increase our territory in all that you called us to do as believers. We give you honor and glory, and we thank you for the church, and we thank you for the pastors here, and we thank you for the team here and all that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.